So with the NFL season finally here and week one games this weekend, we wanted to check in with our Tennessee Titans confidant, the chief writer at TitansOnline.com, Jim Wyatt. What Jim doesn't know about the Titans isn't worth knowing. I recently managed to get Jim on the phone, so enjoy. This is Jim Wyatt. Hi Jim, this is Jim from Jim and the King. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, hope, you, hope you're doing well. Yeah, yeah, very well. Um, yeah, it's been a year since we last talked and... Um, just wanted to start by saying congratulations on uh, winning that wildcard game against KC. What a second half. Yeah, that was exciting, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been a long time since, uh, since the playoff win. It feels like a year, doesn't it, since that playoff win? Um, of course, I saw you had to go up to Foxborough, and it all went a bit wrong there. I don't know. I, I, had, str I had real trouble kind of finding out what went wrong up in Foxborough, but I mean, you were there. What, what do you think happened to the Titans? Yeah, I just think that they were, I mean, just kind of overmatched and, uh, you know, they just weren't, uh, didn't really have a, a game plan on offense that gave them a chance to really win that game. You got an early touchdown, but they just couldn't, you know, they couldn't yeah. stop the short passing game that Brady and the Patriots put together with Deion Lewis, and then they just really couldn't sustain any drives and just looked out of sync. So I think, uh, uh, hopefully the moves made this offseason, the changes will help be able to compete better in some of those games. Well, absolutely. I mean, it was after that game that we uh, lost uh, Mike Malarkey. So I think that was a bit of a mixed bag, wasn't yeah. it, with Tennessee fans? I know some of them didn't even want to win the game against KC because there was talk about a contract extension for Malarkey. But um, for better or worse, you've got a new Mike in there. So Mike Vrabel, three-time Super Bowl winner. We won't say for who. But um, how, how's he settling in at the moment? This is his first head coaching job. Yeah, I think he's done a great job in, as far as setting a tone and kind of uh, asserting himself and, and kind of you know developing a mindset among players on, hey, this is the way it's going to be. You know, he's, he's, he's definitely been hands-on in practices. I mean, he puts on, puts on blocking pads and will take on <laughs> players and show them technique and kind of correct them if they see things done incorrectly. So he's definitely put his stamp on the team, and uh, I, I like his uh, approach. Yeah, I especially like what he's done with his uh, coordinators he's brought in. First of all, Matt LaFleur, who I think was uh, in the running for the head coach job as well at that time, wasn't he? He uh, He's done some good he job was, uh, with McVeigh. Sure did. Yeah, he did a good job with McVeigh. You know, he's done a good job working with Matt Wyatt in Atlanta before. He did a good job working with RG3 and Dimension McVeigh. I mean, with Jerry Goff and, and LA, I think he was instrumental in helping him develop. So he, he's, a, you know, he's a good personality fit with Mariota just because they, you know, they, I think they're going to work well together. And, and uh, I think he's going to change the offense and, and make it a little bit more wide open and, and allow Mariota to be more comfortable. My favourite move, though, was bringing Dean Pease out of retirement. I think, was it uh, 12 days after retiring, <laughs> yeah, uh, Vrabel managed to get him back out? He did. I mean, it, it's funny. You know, I, I, I'm a big Dick LeBeau fan and mm -hmm. have so much respect for him and just what a great guy he was. And, you know, when Malarkey didn't come back, you, you knew that there would be a change, especially with the new, you know, head coach who's a defensive-minded guy, and they were going to have to make some changes. And so I hated to see LeBeau go, but the piece has been uh, a perfect fit, I think. And you replace one guy who's a who's a very accomplished, 
very respected defensive coach with another guy in peace who has the same you know track record. He's, he's, a, he's a spring chicken compared to that. He's been uh, you know he's been the Patriots. He's been with the Ravens, and you know, I talked to Ray Lewis at the Super Bowl about him this year when Ray Lewis went to the Hall of Fame, and he just raved about how Dick LeBeau, I mean, how Steve Peace is such a good teacher and, and and a good guy to learn from. So I think he's been uh, a perfect replacement, and, and it really helped the transition with a lot of players. I think it's really important, especially for someone like Vrabel, who this is his first head coaching job. He's really flown up the up the ranks. To have that old head on the shoulders, a bit like having um, uh, Wade Phillips, having him as a defensive coordinator when you've got a younger head coach. I like that, yeah, that, that mix. I, I think that's good. Yeah. I think, you know, Vrabel's staff's an interesting one because there's a lot of youth on the staff. I mean, he's got young coaches at a lot of positions, and it's as, it's as young a staff as I've been around, especially compared to last year when the Titans had, you know, Jay Robisky and Dick LaFoe and, and uh, you know, Certainly, they had some other guys sprinkled in in the staff that were veteran guys. This is a young staff, but they've got some veterans in key places, and uh, you know, Peace is definitely one of them. And uh, I think he's I think he's going to be a good uh, you know, good for these guys on defense. Absolutely, it's not just been a sea change in the uh, in the coaching staff. There's been some retirements as well on the playing field. So Demarco Murray's not there anymore. Um, how is Derek Henry reacting to that now being the bona fide number one running back? Well, I think he's been good. I mean, I think, I think he embraces the bigger workload. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that he was overshadowed by DeMarco, but I definitely think he deferred to him and being a young guy coming in, you know, playing behind a veteran. You know, he, I think DeMarco just had a, a way about him or a presence about him where he was going to, you know, be the dominant even when he didn't speak, I think he was going to be kind of the dominant player in the running back room just because of his experience. And yeah. uh, I think now Derek knows that in the year three, more is going to be on him. But it's not all going to be on him. I mean, Deion Lewis mentioned him earlier. I mean, he, you know, he, he comes in with a great track record himself. He's a completely different back than Henry. I think their personalities have meshed pretty well where they'll work well together. So he... He's, he's ready to take on more, but at the same time, I think he knows it's going to be, it's not going to be all him. It's going to be kind of a one-two punch. Yeah. Were you surprised to see Eric Decker uh, retire at only 31? I know he, he was released by you guys, but uh, still, he, he spent at least a year or two with you. Um, was was that surprising to you that it's yeah, so young? He, yeah, well, uh, when he left here and, and, and stayed in free agency for so long, I wondered if he was going to get another chance. And then when he got a chance, I guess I thought that he maybe would see it through, but uh, you know, I, I don't know what camp was like for him in, you know, in in New England. So uh, you know, sometimes those when they happen like that, they surprise you. Know, and Demarco and him both retired uh, after leaving here. So um, you know, he, he made an impact here. He, he also was guilty of dropping some balls. But yeah. You know, he he you know he. He had a heck of a career, made a huge catch against Kansas City in that playoffs game. I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are a couple of other people that are left, most notably, I guess, Avery Williamson. Uh, he's off to the New York Jets. $22.5 million for three years. I mean, how, how big a loss is Avery? Well, he was a steady player. I, I really liked Avery, and he's a homegrown guy. He was a draft pick. He, he grew up down a couple hours down the road from Nashville in West Tennessee. And, uh, you know, he was a steady performer. 
know, they've made some moves at that position where, you know, they are, they're building kind of toward the future. One of those guys is Rashawn Evans, who was the 22nd overall pick. Unfortunately yep. for him, he is, he dealt with, with, uh, with an injury that slowed him through the early part of, uh, training camp. And now, uh, he's just now kind of working his way back. They bring in Will Compton from, uh, from Washington, who has some experience. So those guys both should get plenty of playing time and, and make plays alongside Wesley Woodard. I think the one guy who's underrated, and maybe with Avery leaving, it opens the door for him is Jayon Brown. I mean, he's, been one, he's been one of this team's best defense players during the course of uh, training camp and during the preseason. And he's going to get a chance to play, you know, partly because Avery's gone, partly because, you know, Rashad hasn't been up to speed yet. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good to see that some of us are stepping up into that void. And uh, obviously, we talked about some of the players that have left. That's obviously the the downside. Now let's talk about some of the the re-signings. So Josh Klein, twenty six and a half million four year deal. Um, that's a lot of money, but I guess Josh Klein is a very good guard. He doesn't get talked about an awful lot though. So just how good is Josh Klein? Well, he's been a good fit here. I, I don't know what happened in New England, which led to him getting released, but he's been a good fit here. And I think with a different offense and a, uh, you, know, in, you know, under a, a scheme that's going to have to have the interior lineman be a little bit more athletic and be on the move a little bit more, I think he's a good fit for him. And, uh, you know, play it, it's a pretty good group. I mean, I, they've still got Jack Conklin working his way back from an injury he suffered in the Patriots game last year. But mm-hmm. other than that, you know, everybody returns intact. And, uh, uh, you know, Con was a, getting him re-signed was a big part of that. And then, of course, getting a contract extension for Taylor Lewan this offseason yep. as well. Yeah, it's good to get them sewn up to uh, protect Mariota. And, of course, uh, Daquan Jones is the other big money re-signing, I guess. $21 million for three years. Uh, is he going to be starting, or do we think Harold Landry might get a chance? Yeah, but I think I think uh, Daquan will be starting on, on the line, and uh, he's underrated. I mean, he's, he he was really he had three and a half sacks in the two games before he suffered an injury last year. Uh, you know, he he gets overlooked a lot of times on the, the defensive line with Jarrell Casey, there, mm-hmm. but he's been good, and I think he's developing nicely. Uh, I think the the Guys up front should uh, you know, should open some things up for guys rushing the passer this year, whether it's Landry or Rackbo or Morgan, Camelay uh, Correo. They just signed through. They just traded for them, the Ravens. Yep. Uh, you know this week. I mean, I think I think they've got some options. Certainly, they got the quarterback, but it's got to start up front. Certainly. Yeah, that's definitely a Dean Pease pick, isn't it? That Correa. Yeah, I mean he's played inside and outside. In Baltimore, I think his strength is probably outside. I, I could see them using him both ways in Tennessee. I think one of the things you got to keep in mind there is, is Dean Peace, who we talked about, has such a good familiarity with him just because he was with him in Baltimore. So I, I don't think they make that trade if uh, you know if Peace isn't signing off on it and and, and giving the guy good reviews. So, yeah. Uh, I think he's. I think you know not only from this year, but maybe moving forward. I think getting him was uh, was kind of key. Absolutely. Uh, we mentioned Howard Landry briefly. I mean, you guys moved up in the second round to get him. Um, it meant you only had four picks in this year's draft: Rashawn Evans, Howard Landry, Dane Crookshank, and Luke Falk. Um, 
does that mean a kind of a win now mode for this season, or you're still kind of looking long term? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you know, I think the fact that they only took four and they had to trade away a couple of picks to move up a couple of times that that limited them to four. I just think the way the roster was built this off season, the way John Robinson approached it, he brought in so many veterans mm. that they didn't necessarily need a huge draft class. This year, uh, you know, and I've seen other people say, "Well, draft picks that means there's a lot of undrafted guys who have a chance to make this roster." I, I don't necessarily agree with that either. I, I just think the way the roster was built, you know, it, it has some veterans at, at key positions, and uh, and you, you hope that some of these draft picks can step in and help you early. Not fortunately for the Titans, if they're bad, run a luck in camp. I mean, they lose Ty Smith, who I think would have been on the 53 a corner. They lost Jonathan Cyprian, who would have been their starting safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost Nate Palmer, a depth linebacker, who I think would have been on the 53. Kalen Reed is another depth quarterback who had a great chance to be on the 53. So some of that depth I talked about uh, took a hit in camp. And, uh, uh, you know, you hope some other guys can step up uh, for you. Yeah. Um, we haven't also mentioned uh, Malcolm Butler yet, but that was a quite a big... Uh big snatch there at cornerback to bring in from the Patriots and Kenny Vaccaro as well from New Orleans so secondary in the defense isn't looking too bad there I really like Butler I mean I think he you know he brings a different mindset to the secondary I mean they've got some experience back there with Logan Ryan and Kevin Byers coming off of Pro Bowl season all pro season but you know Butler's been playing in Super Bowls he's made big plays in Super Bowls he's He's, uh, he's got a little bit of a swagger about him. I think he's challenged Corey Davis in practices. and uh, I, I like what I've seen from him. I mean, he, he, uh, he's given up some plays in camp as well, but he's, he's been feisty. You know, he, I think he probably ended up with four, four or five picks in camp alone, and uh, which led the way. Mm. He's, uh, you know, secondary, I think, is going to be the strength of this defense despite losing Cyprian. And, and, and you mentioned Vaccaro. I think he... It was fortunate that he was available in free agency this late in the game because I think he's been a good, uh, been a good get and uh, will be good paired with Kevin Byard. Yeah, if the secondary is the strongest bit of your defense, and I'm worried because that that front seven's pretty dangerous as well, Jim. But uh, how how is Corey doing? We just mentioned Corey Davis, but. Uh, he had a, had a, a lot of injuries last season, didn't he? And, and started to really come into his own by the end of the the season. But uh, how's he done this uh, this off season? He's been good. I mean, he's uh, you know I, I don't think he was ever really right last year because he had the hamstring injury at the start of the season, and then he came back and just kind of worked himself back into where he was comfortable. And he did have he did have a couple of touchdowns late in that you know playoff game against. Patriots, you know, the first two scores of his career, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's looked good, you know, this offseason. I think he's more confident. Uh, he's, he's got a better rapport with the quarterback. He's, uh, I, I mentioned him working with Butler. I think that's helped him as well. Uh, now he's just got to go out and do it in games. And, and uh, if he can do that, I think his confidence grows and uh, he's a guy that, uh, you know, can change the look of the offense. So then this season, they don't make it easy for you, do they? Because not only have you got better, but also the Jacksonville Jaguars are suddenly a good team. The Indianapolis Colts get uh, Andrew Luck back. And the Texans 
if they've got Deshaun Watson uh, healthy, they're going to be a massive problem as well. So uh, what's what's the overall feeling in Tennessee about that division? Because that is a heck of a division to be scrambling out of this year. Yeah, but it's funny how much things have changed. I mean, it wasn't long ago that people looked at the AFC South and considered it maybe as the laughing stock of the league. And yeah. teams were struggling to get the 500. And now, you know, all, you know Jacksonville should have gone to the Super Bowl last year. If you ask me, they dominated the game most of the way and then let it slip away in the fourth quarter. So, yeah. uh, you know, that's a team that the Titans beat both times last year. The Titans won a playoff game in New England. You know, Houston, you know, I saw them put up 57 points against the Titans early last season before Deshaun Watson got hurt. So that, that shows you how dangerous they are. And then the Titans have had all kinds of trouble with luck. I mean, they beat the Colts both times last year, but luck has been a thorn in their side for, uh, you know, since he's been in the league. So uh, all those teams are uh, much improved. And then not only just those guys, but uh, the Titans host the Eagles, the Super Bowl champion this year. They host the Patriots, who, who, the, the runner-up. They've got a game in London. Uh, you know, they've got a Monday night game in Dallas. I mean, they've got some tough games on the schedule, and uh, and it's tough from the start because they've got to got to play at Miami right out of the gate, early season game at Buffalo, another playoff team last year, and uh, so it's it's not going to be easy. Well, I think the Titans have a chance to be really competitive and have a chance to win the division. It's not it's gonna you know not gonna be handed to them. They're gonna have to go out and uh, win some tough games. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned that uh, that London game there, Jim. Now, you are the beat writer for Tennessee Titans. Are you coming over to London for that game? I am. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we, you know, we're leaving. Uh, the, you know, I wish we could spend more time there, but I guess it is a, uh, a business trip. So, <laughs> so uh, the plan is to practice on uh, Thursday, uh, leave here after practice Thursday, go to uh, fly overnight, get to London, uh, I guess at 7 in the morning on Friday, and Hit the practice field on uh, Friday and work some on Saturday. Get the game on Sunday and then uh, fly back to Nashville after the game Sunday night. So it's going to be a, a, a flurry of activity, uh, you know, while we're there. But hopefully, I can can see a little bit of the city while I'm there, and uh, I know I'm looking forward to that. Well, if you need anyone to show you around, uh, Jim, we're going to be at the game as well. So yeah, you've got our, you've got our details. Be be sure to give us a, a call if you need anyone to. To take you around, show you where a good pint is or a good pie, and uh, we can do that. Yeah, I'm do that. Yeah, I think I think I'll have a window hopefully on that Saturday before the game. I know we've got practice Friday, and I'll be coming off a red eye uh, overnight flight. But uh, so Friday I'll probably be busy and then pretty tired. But hopefully Saturday I can squeeze in some hours. A couple of people told me maybe to get on one of those. Double-decker buses, hop on, hop off. I can see a lot of stuff in a short amount of time there, and uh, and uh, and maybe you know feel like I saw something while I was there instead of just working. Yeah, that's true. Well, hopefully the weather holds off for us as well that weekend, so uh, you get to actually go outside rather than hide under umbrellas. Um, is 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 there anyone talking about that game uh, in Tennessee about having to go over to London because you're one of the few teams that haven't? There's only three teams after this season that won't have come over to London to play a game now. But is, how, what's the feeling over there about that international game? It's not a home game for you. Yeah. Yeah, I think people are excited about them. I've, I've got a lot of 
you know, Twitter followers from there that uh, are pumped up about it. And uh, I know people in Nashville have got trips planned, uh, you know, all these all-inclusive trips. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, people will be able to fly over and be able to, you know, get hotel stays, maybe do some sightseeing and stuff, tickets to the game. And I know people are excited about that. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a lot of work. I know our operations people have been over there a couple of times already to kind of get the lay of the land and what the practice situation is going to look like, you know, what the hotel situation is going to look like, you know, uh, you know, making sure everything is in order because it's, uh, you know, it is the first time. You know, somebody like Jacksonville, I've talked to my buddies with the Jaguars who have kind of given me the drill and told me what to expect and, hey, uh, this is this is best plan here, best, best plan on how to approach things there, you know, told me about the Wi-Fi, so, I mean, I've done a lot of summer reconnaissance work myself trying to get ready uh, for the trip, uh, you know, I know it, you know, you can't, nobody wants to, everybody's excited about that game, but you can't look ahead too much because you've got so many other games leading up to that that you can't put all your focus on that one, but uh, it's going to be special, and uh, I know I'm looking forward to it. Well, it's great to hear that uh, everyone's chipping and helping out and uh, not withholding information when it comes to the sheer logistics of getting an entire team back and forth from uh, from this side of the pond to yours. But, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it as well, Jim. It's great to finally get the Titans over to play a game. Um, they have got a lot of support over here, probably a bit more than the, the Chargers now they've moved to L.A. Uh, and, yeah, you'll just get fans from every team going to that game. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be there as well. Um, um you're looking forward to it. Thank you very much for your time, Jim. Um, just to let everyone know to follow Jim White at Sports on Twitter and also titansonline.com for the website, for all the, the articles. Um, yeah, please keep doing what you're doing, Jim. It's always a pleasure to read your stuff and to catch up, and hopefully we'll, we'll get a chance to see you in London. That sounds good. I appreciate you having me on again, and yeah, I hope, hope to see you there in, uh, on October the 21st. You take care, Jim. Okay, have a great day. I appreciate it. 